When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is May Madness, where I bring you a new story and storyteller every day of the week. Because I'm obsessed with stories, and I can't wait to share more with you. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is 12 Princesses Dance Studio. Have two left feet? Don't worry, we have 12 highly qualified instructors who will make you dance like you had your red shoes on. We offer lessons for individuals, couples, parties, and dance fights. 12 Princesses Dance Studio. We guarantee you'll dance till your shoes wear through or your money back. This episode is also brought to you by the Patreon supporter Colleen May. Colleen has the power to control ladybugs and butterflies with her mind and is a generous supporter of the arts. A big thank you to her and all the other patrons. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com and hear me read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. Some of the best stories leave you a little creeped out. Frighten Me Friday may not be for those who don't like spooky, but for those who do... Be bold, be bold, but not too bold. The theme for this week is the sun, the moon, and starlit skies. And it is often under the watchful eye of the moon and stars that mischief comes knocking. Storyteller Yvonne Healy, a teller of tales that are true and traditional, spins the story, Piggyback Corpse. Bar the door with iron, mine the little ones are tight in bed. When children are safe asleep, the Irish turn tales of cute tricks... Two darker stories about the Manin, the little man known as the Leprechaun. Tim O'Kane, the 18-year-old son of a strong farmer, was spoiled but not rotten. Tim merely preferred dancing to working and flirting to marrying. One Halloween, or Samhain, as the Irish call it, rumor flew through the crisp air to reach his father's ear. Tim had never before seen his father's lips thin in ultimatum. Well, da, I'll not marry Mary merely at your say-so. I'm not your little man, your manine. I love Mary, but I'm me own man. I go where I want, when I want, and with whom I want. Tim slammed his father's front door. Quickly through the gate, he stormed east towards the town of Dungarvan. The ocean breeze carried the threat of winter. Why, that old coot with his old-fashioned notions... Why, if he was here now, he'd be nagging all money, my little man. Don't you know what's the last night in October? Isn't this night when the gates swing open between the living world and the next? Oh, Samhain's a dangerous night to be out in the world alone. <laughs> Old coot. Tim's quick pace and hot temper banished all fear as he strode along the empty lane. Everyone was safe inside on Halloween night. And then Tim heard a terrible noise. He looked up, and there on the road ahead, cresting the hill, was a herd of, of, of creatures that seethed and swarmed. And that's where the sound was coming from. The dark mass writhed and drew near, and Tim counted 
thirty little men dressed in green coats with buckled shoes and white beards. They were laughing, and those furthest away carried a thing dark and heavy and large. The swarm drew near and crowded around Tim, in between his legs and around a seething mass of wee little men. And then a dull thud sounded as the farm men dropped their burden. Tim looked up and saw a freshly dead body lying in the road. Tim O'Kane, isn't it grand we've met? One little man looked up at him. Tim's lips were stuck together like paper. Tim O'Kane, I ask again, aren't we well met? Tim's mouth was dry, no sound. Tim O'Kane, for the third time, aren't you glad to see us? Tim was dumbfounded. Brilliant! Three times you've been rude with no answer. Now you're spellbound to do whatever we ask. Lift the corpse. Tim ran, pushing through the little man, but the little man raced with him. They ran in between his legs. Little buckled shoes kicked him. Tiny fingers pinched him. One little foot stuck out and tripped him. Face down in the road, Tim heard shrieking laughter and a scraping, dragging sound. And then a great weight was loaded on his back. Dead arms were wrapped around his shoulders. Dead legs were circled around his waist. And then the little men, they pushed their arms underneath Tim and hoisted him until he was standing upright with the corpse riding on his back. The smell of decaying flesh filled his lungs. Tim pulled at the clammy flesh. He twisted, he jerked, he rolled on the ground, but the corpse never moved. It won't budge, Tim O'Kane. We're playing piggyback corpse. Bury this dead man before sunrise or be our slave forever. One of three places will take him, I promise you that. Hmm, you must discover which. Will it be the church in Dungarvan? Or the cemetery at Carrick? Maybe it's the burying ground at Kilmurray. You've only eight hours to find out now. Move along! Horrible laughter filled Tim's ears as Tim was herded along the road by the swarm of tiny men. Minutes passed like hours until the road curved to reveal an old stone church by a bridge and the town of Dungarvan lying beyond. The crowd scurried and stopped at an iron gate. Parting is such sweet sorrow, Tim O'Kane. We can't go past the iron fence. But you go along now. These old churches, they buried their dead under their stone floors. Remember... Bury the corpse by daybreak, or be our slave forever. And then scurrying like rats, the little men raced across the bridge and through the town and were gone. Tim was finally alone. Well, almost alone. His silent passenger was going nowhere. Tim stumbled through the iron gate and up into the church. Lit only by flickering candles on the side altar, Tim's feet tested the stones beneath them, feeling for looseness. Next, Tim searched and found a tool closet. He returned to wedge a metal pole between the slabs. The flagstone was finally pushed aside. Tim looked down into a tomb. There lay a bony yellow skull. 
skeleton and tatters of his silk gown. Tim lowered himself backward over the edge of the tomb. His feet skimmed its floor. Bam! Tim was propelled by a great force out of the tomb and up onto the church floor. Ladies first, mind you. Tidy up before you go. Tim looked back over his shoulder. Peering over the edge of the tomb, there was that skeleton waving a bony finger. Tim heaved the flagstone back into place, and then he stumbled out of the church to the middle of the road. Where now do I go? That way. A dead blue-white finger pointed under Tim's nose. Tim looked over his shoulder. Indeed, now there was conversation from the dead man. Carrig churchyard and hurry. I've no mind to spend eternity with an idiot like you. Nobby dead knees dug into Tim's sides like a horseman urging a gallop, and Tim ran. When the coast road crossed a small lane, his right ear was pulled. Right, you useless ninny, turn right! As he ran, Tim spied ahead the ruins of a small chapel. A neglected graveyard lay by its side amidst long, wild grass. Oh, fair game! No one cares what goes on here, thought Tim. Tim ran forward, and then he saw around and between the gravestones there was white fog gathering. The fog thickened into a swirling ball as high as his chest. Faces swirled in the mist, mouths gaping and screaming. The white ball shot towards Tim. Tim ran. Scaredy cat, afraid of some spooks. I'll give ye something to be scared of. It's six miles to kill Murray. Tim ran. Still the dead man kicked him and prodded him. The corpse filled Tim's ears with insults and corrections and filled his nose with the stink of rotting flesh. The eastern sky began to brighten with miles yet to go. Come along, my knee, my little man. You wouldn't be like an eternity enslaved to those nasty little creatures and me. In the soft gray of near dawn, Tim galloped. At last, Tim spotted the sign for Kilmurray. He ran past the farmhouse and through the field beyond. And then, up on a hill, there were two standing stones standing taller than a grown man. A third stone lay on top of them like a roof. No church, no wall, only the dolmen. And there on the ground, small rocks marked forgotten graves. Tim turned sideways into a defensive crouch, and he sidled forward. But nothing moved. No one screamed. Tim looked for something to dig with and spotted not five feet away the gaping hole of a freshly dug grave. In a stride, Tim leaned over the grave. A coffin? Black and empty? In two shakes of a lamb's tail... The clammy grasp on Tim's shoulders relaxed, bony knees released, and over Tim's shoulders somersaulted the corpse. Into the coffin, without even a by-your-leave, his passenger was gone. Tim slammed the coffin lid. With bare hands, he scraped the musty soil onto the coffin from the mound beside the hole. 
watched him dance the earth tight as the sun rose. No one saw Tim as he trekked over to the river, to the house where Mary O'Dowd lived. A knock, and the door was answered by a yawning girl. Later that morning, Tim walked home with a smile on his lips and a kiss on his cheek. When he swung open the gate to his father's house, the front door opened, his father hurried out. He'd been watching all night long. Tim felt arms wrap around him. But then he realized that these arms were warm and loving. Come along, Makushla, to bed with ye. At least when you're married, you'll choose where you go, when you go, and with whom you spend your time. As his father tucked Tim into bed, Tim's eyes closed. The last thing he saw were the gleaming buckles of his father's old-fashioned shoes and his father's green coat. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Yvonne Healy on the internet, tell her you heard her on the podcast, and now want to hear her tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The idea for this week's fairy tale sponsor came from the beautiful brain of David Thompson and Katie Knutson. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors on social media and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. Like and rate the show on iTunes. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. <laughs> and that is why I'm not a bad guy because I have a bad bad guy laugh.